You're listening to WXXI News. I'm Scott Feibusch. There is a special connection to history, specifically the early days of American political history, that's going to be commemorated today in Brockport. We get more from WXXI's Randy Gordman. If you didn't know that the village of Brockport had a connection to the Boston Tea Party, you certainly aren't alone. Town of Sweden supervisor Kevin Johnson says a number of people in that community didn't know either until they were contacted recently by a group that is getting ready to mark the 250th anniversary of the Tea Party, which helped spark the Revolutionary War. That organization, the Boston Tea Party Ships and Museum, and other groups are working to place commemorative markers at the grave sites of known participants in the Boston Tea Party in 1773. Joseph Roby, a Boston area tinman and tradesman who was 20 years old when he participated in the Boston Tea Party, later lived in Brockport, where he died in 1836. He's buried in Brockport's High Street Cemetery. And Johnson says that while publicity about the Tea Party connection may bring more people to visit Roby's gravesite, the town already was mindful of honoring its veterans. It likely will.、Uh, I think, though, that we every year around Memorial Day we place about a thousand flags on the graves of veterans throughout our town, and those I mean, those graves are visited, especially during that period of time or on Veterans Day in November. So I, I think it will only sort of add to this. Uh, movement within our town to recognize those who've served our country. The commemorative marker that will be installed at Joseph Roby's gravesite in Brockport is the 127th plaque being placed at the graves of known participants in the Boston Tea Party. Randy Gorpin, WXXI News. The ceremony at High Street Cemetery in Brockport starts at 11 this morning. It is open to the public. With Rochester's Pride celebrations underway, you might be wondering why our city celebrates in July instead of in June when National Pride Month is commemorated. In Rochester, the festivities began a few years after the 1969 Stonewall Uprising, and rather than a parade, it all started with a picnic. Jerry Samansky, the librarian for the All Queer Lilac Library, says although Rochester's take on Pride isn't explicitly connected to the anniversary of Stonewall, it's a spinoff of a local tradition with deep roots. It is definitely our own. Homegrown, very Rochester-specific kind of pride celebration. Samansky says local organizations have an ongoing debate as to whether the current day gathering here in Rochester is a parade, a march, or both. Because the two sort of have different connotations, different purposes,、uh, different means and ends. Either way, this year's annual pride parade and festival take place this Saturday, July fifteenth at one p.m. Parts of Canandaigua are cleaning up today after devastating flooding Sunday afternoon. Meteorologist Josh Nichols says drainage just couldn't keep up with the pace of the rain yesterday. 5.55 inches of rainfall, much of which fell in less than an hour's time. This, of course, caused serious flooding issues, making roads impassable in some spots. Governor Kathy Hochul has declared a state of emergency in Ontario County, where she says emergency teams are on the ground trying to help deal with the damage. Canandaigua is one of just several areas in the state dealing with flooding today. In the Hudson Valley, at least one person was killed when more than eight inches of rain fell. There is a state of emergency in Orange County today as well, with the full extent of the damage not known until emergency workers can assess conditions in daylight. Rochester's Corn Hill neighborhood was a very busy place over the weekend. More than 150,000 people were estimated to attend the annual arts festival. It's one of the city's oldest festivals. The more than 50-year-old celebration is organized by members of the Corn Hill Neighbors Association. The chair of this year's event, Robin Plummer, says that grassroots support is what makes the two-day event so special. I think just the charmingness of our neighborhood and the fact that our neighbors, you know, just welcome you. 
pretty much into their backyard, basically front yards. <laughs> yeah, and um, they understand it, and you know, it's it's a big process. We can't do it without all the volunteers that are on this committee. So we're we're all volunteers. We just do this because we love this neighborhood and we want to give back. So. Plummer says money raised from the festival goes back into the Cornhill neighborhood, helping with a variety of projects as well as area schools. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration recently approved an antibody medication that will help slow down the progression of Alzheimer's disease. Almost 6 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's, according to the CDC. Officials say lacanumab is the first Alzheimer's treatment to receive traditional approval by the FDA to treat patients in the early stages of the disease. The U of R Medical Center participated in Phase 2 and 3 of the drug's trials. The chair of the program, Anton Thorstensen, says lacanumab proved effective at slowing down the progression of the disease by up to 40%. But it keeps people in the milder stage of disease where they're still more independent for a considerable amount of time. But this is delaying progression. And that is actually quite hard for people to uh, appreciate. Thorstensen says for patients that qualify, these infusion treatments will happen every two weeks for at least a year. He says the side effects are usually mild, but he says severe ones, though rare, could include brain swelling and bleeding. You can find more local news on our website, wxxinews.org.